I'm live. Hello. Welcome to the I Am Broken podcast. I'm your host, Robin. Thank you for joining me tonight. It's a little bit different. Um, so I have some announcements um, that I think uh, might be a little sad for some, but, you know, especially myself. Um, again, I wanted to say thank you for taking the time to join me tonight. You know, I'm going to give people an opportunity to kind of just join in. Um, everybody just welcome again. I'm your host, Robin. Thank you for taking the time out to join the I Am Broken podcast. I'm your host. And, you know, it's Tuesday. I hope you all have had a good weekend coming up on yet another holiday. I don't know if you guys have any plans for the holiday, but, you know, it's the fourth. So, you know, again... Um, so before I get started and get to my topic, let me just open up with a quick word of prayer really quickly. Gracious and Heavenly Father, I come before you tonight. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, Father God. I thank you for your son, Jesus, and your spirit, Father God. I thank you for your love and the blood, Father God. I thank you for the angels, Father God. Now, Lord, if there be anything in me that's not like you, whether it's been in my word, my action, my deed, and or my thoughts, I come before your throne of grace. Believing in faith, where I'm faithless, you are still yet faithful to purify and cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. And for that, I say thank you. And if I've offended or wounded anyone, I pray that they too will forgive me. And I forgive myself, Father God. Now, Lord, I just ask that you be the words in my mouth tonight, Father God. I'm just a vessel, Father God, willingly and obeying, Father God. And I just thank you that the ears that will hear will receive and it will be good soil, good ground, and that they will not only be hearers, but they will be doers, Father God. And it is in your name that I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Again, thank you for joining me. Um, this is the I Am Broken podcast. I'm your host, Robin. Uh, it's Tuesday and, you know, got a heavy subject tonight, but I'm going to try to tackle this thing and give you some insight. I'm going to share a lot of different things. This is like probably going to be one of the hardest and the most touching this really close to me uh podcast that I actually do will be this one because it hits home in so many different areas that I'm going to touch bases on so tonight's topic is when you look like Rachel but feel like Leah if you know the story based out of Genesis 29 through 31, basically, um, two sisters, one man. Um, and it's just, it's heavy, but I felt like since I've been in the vein of relationships, you know, last week I talked about crumbs, you know, the week before that I talked about unpacking your baggage. I talked about ships you know, I've talked about emotional and mental health um, and, and all of that, right? So, again, it's going to be heavy tonight, but I'm going to try to give you the gist, my perception of it. Um, of course, you know, again, it's just my perception, you know, um, but... I found it to just be interesting. So now, if you don't know the story, Rachel and Leah are sisters, right? And they're in between one man, Jacob. Jacob loved Rachel, but he ended up with Leah also. So now, it just lets you know that God will have a plan for your life and you can't stop that so now you're the deterrence or you could be the deterrence on what direction you go in or how long it takes you to get to where it is he's trying to take you to so of course you know i'm the google queen i had to do some back search on certain things so now i'm gonna tell you a story within a story so this is what tonight's gonna be like you know, thank you again for joining me. Again, tonight's topic is 
when you look like Rachel, but you feel like Leah. And I kind of feel like I've dealt this, felt this way my entire life. You know, I have a younger sister. Um, Rachel was the younger, older sister. And so, honestly, I understand how you could be caught between being real pretty, but still feel unvalued, unloved, unappreciated, unappreciated, all in the same concept. And sometimes it could be an individual that makes you feel that way. Sometimes it could be you making yourself feel that way because you're trying to compare and compete and just different things. So we're going to tackle it. But before I tackle it, let's give, I'm going to give you some background. So Rachel was beautiful and Leah was less attractive. That's the way that the Bible depicted them, right? Um, Jacob, whose name means trickster, deceiver, he actually got outsmarted by the father of the two women. So now, can you imagine you're the one that the playing the jokes and then somebody outsmarts you? We'll get back to that. So the background of Jacob, I would like to say history has a way of repeating itself, right? Because now you can't talk about Jacob without talking about his mother and his father and his grandmother and his grandfather. So now Abraham and Sarah was Jacob's grandmother and grandfather. Sarah was extremely beautiful, even in old age. Now, can you just imagine how pretty she must have been at the age of 99? In her 90s, could you imagine how pretty she was? Um, Abraham introduced her as his sister, which was partly true. She was his half-sister. He said that she was a sister of his father, not of his mother, which was partly true. But he lied to protect his own safety and interests because he didn't have no trust in God. Okay. So now, let me ask you this. When is it okay to, to lie to protect something or someone? And how many times have we lied or was untruthful because we did not want to see the other person hurt or we did not want to be hurt? So when you think about that, <laughs> just think about that for a minute. Is it really okay to lie or to be untruthful because you don't want someone to be hurt? How many times have we done that to protect the other person? I know as a mother raising two kids, sometimes I had to make decisions about things that, you know, did not require their opinion or need to know basis. Does it make it okay? Nah, it didn't really make it okay that I was not truthful with them, but uh, they weren't at an age where they would understand what was going on. So my job is to protect them. So yes, I have done that. Okay. So now when we talk about Jacob's parents, Isaac was his dad and Rebecca was his mom. So Isaac repeated the same lie as his father when he was approached to protect his own safety. Now, is there ever a good reason to be dishonest? We stumble in the same areas until we learn to lean and trust God. So now, his dad and mom did it. His grandmother and grandfather did it before his mom and dad. So history has a way of catching up with you. And a lot of times we want to hold ourselves responsible for the sins of you know this generation or the previous generation and honestly you really can't there are certain things that we're born into that we have no control over right so when we don't have no control over the what bloodline we're born into so whatever came along in that that was prior to we're subjected to that it doesn't necessarily mean 
that you have to follow in the same footsteps or go in the same direction, but we are subjected to the same things based off of generations, right? So this was generations repeating itself. So can you think of a time when you did not trust in God's provision or protection? Um, I'm going to talk about how we as women put timelines on our, on everything, right? So if you're anything like me, this is how I got in a situation that I shouldn't have never been in the first time when I got married the first time. Why? Because I thought I was hearing from the Lord, but honestly, I really didn't hear from God. I already told you the story about my ex-husband, right? Not a good decision, but because I had this timeline in my thought process well I wanted to be married by a certain age and truthfully speaking I, I would say if I'm not married by this age I'm never getting married okay well I was married by the time I was 28 but divorced by the time I was 30 so go figure we put timelines on everything and sometimes putting a timeline on certain things in your life that hinders you that blocks a lot of different things for you. God is not bound by time. We are, but he isn't. And so he works according to his time for us, right? So anyway, so when the sins of the father and or previous generations begins to catch up with you and the sins of the mother, so not just the father, but the mother also, you're going to see where I'm going with it. Sarah did not believe she would conceive because they were too old. And when she was asked, she laughed. And then she lied about it. When she was asked, she told a lie. And that's just like most of us. A lot of times when you're confronted with different things, it seems a lot more easier to not be truthful about how you truly feel in that moment because you're trying to protect either yourself or somebody else in that moment. I'm not going to stay there. But why do we stick with the untruth even when we have been caught or called out? Because it's easier. So she she was called out. This is modern day, my version of what was going on back then, right? So y'all just flow with me. Go with me a little bit. So now she was called out, but she laughed. Because she did not think that God was going to honor his word concerning giving her a child in her old age. Yet again, we're bound by time. He isn't. So now, Rebecca had Jacob lie, his mother. So now his grandmother lied. Now the mama had him lie by portraying himself to be the older brother, Esau. Because back then, the, the older sibling received the blessing from the father. So now... With the help of his mother, ladies. See, we go through different strength, limps and whatever else for our children. But I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes you got, got to pick and choose. But anyway, so with the help of his mother, Jacob tricked his brother out of his birthright twice. Not once but two times. Now, could you imagine like your mom? And here's where it gets touchy for me, right? So now I said to you in the very beginning that this was going to be a very difficult podcast for me. So y'all just flow with me a little bit in this. So now growing up, I'm the older I'm the oldest out of all the grandkids and everything else. So I'm third generation and I have a younger sister. Now I do have other sisters and brothers. We have different fathers. I have other sisters and brothers via through my dad, but not, I only have one sister with my mom where my mom was concerned. And so growing up, I always felt like I was in her shadow and I kind of feel like, I always kind of felt like my mom treated her differently than she treated me. And so me and my sister actually had a conversation about this. And she said, well, do you think it was because of the rebellion 
y'all, I was a handful back in the day. And I did some things and I put my mom through some things. Does that make it okay? No, but that was my feelings. Like I felt like I always had to do more than what my sister had to do because I was trying to win my mother's approval. Not my father's, but my mother's because I didn't really have a relationship with him. And truth be told, I didn't have the greatest relationship with her growing up either. I mean, of course we have a, a really good relationship now, but growing up, I didn't have the greatest relationship with her either. And so I always felt like I was in competition with my younger sister. Not that she was any prettier than me. I just felt like my mom loved her more. I felt like she treated her better than me. And so I understand from both angles. I understand Leah's perspective, but I also understand Rachel's perspective as well. But anyway, let me go on. So have you ever became so jealous, envious of someone or something that you would lie or try to manipulate the situation so it would work in your favor instead of waiting on God? So, you know, um, again, if we, if we really truthful with ourselves, ladies, cause this is really for the women tonight. Um, a lot of times we will use manipulation if we think that it's going to give us the upper hand. I did that many a times with my kid's dad, you know, when it was convenient for me. But when it wasn't, I was using manipulation. And I told y'all last week, manipulation is a form of witchcraft. It's evil, right? But I did that. Why? Because I was trying to hold on to somebody that really wasn't trying to hold on to me. That's just the reality of it, okay? I'm gonna call it the way it is. He really wasn't trying to hold on to me at that time. We were young and there were so many different things going on in my life, in his life, you know. And so it just seemed easier to be do, to try to do things when it was convenient. And was I untruthful a lot? Of course. If we really honest, there's been plenty of times, even as adults, when you weren't not truthful. And honestly, you really only hinder yourself when you're not it doesn't benefit us when we're not right because God still sees everything that you do say so it doesn't matter what it looks like when you're looking it only matters what it looks like when nobody's looking that's when your integrity and character should be at its highest why because folks are not in your face but anyway let me go on sometimes your parents can be the very cause or trigger the dysfunctional behavior or tendencies between their children. Sins of the mother and the father. The mother in this case knew that Esau was going to get the blessing, but she wanted Jacob to have it. And that probably was because she loved Jacob probably more than she loved Esau. We don't really know. We know what the Bible gives us and we can make a lot of assumptions about what it might have been like but we just gonna use that for tonight's purpose she loved Jacob more and she felt like he should have gotten the blessing so she manipulated the situation because she had a hidden agenda for herself and anytime we manipulate a situation there's a hidden agenda that we have for ourselves. I'm just saying, Jacob sees Rachel and falls in love, agreed to work for her for seven years. That was to marry Rachel. So now he hadn't even seen Leah. Now tradition was, was that the older sibling would be married first before the younger sibling. Now I'm inclined to believe that he had some insight about it, but Rachel was the younger sibling. And could you imagine what 
it must have been like for her and Leah growing up. This is before any of this. So could you imagine Leah probably being the less attractive one? So she probably was standoffish. She probably stayed to herself. This is my modern day version of this story, y'all. So just flow with me for a minute. So could you just imagine how she probably didn't date? Probably nobody probably really wouldn't because Rachel was the prettier sister. She was the younger sister, but she was the prettier sister. So she probably got all the attention. And I was telling my sister this. I said, it kind of made me think about that part of the coming to America, the first one, at the very end where the sister was like, Lisa, always get the good guys, <laughs> you know? So Leah probably was experiencing that same exact scenario. Rachel always get all the attention, right? And... So again, Jacob sees Rachel. There's no mention that he saw Leah. He, he fell in love with Rachel, right? So now when the time came, Laban gave Leah to Jacob instead of Rachel. It was customary, like I said, for the oldest to be married off first. So now the trickster has been tricked. Leah was not as attractive as Rachel, and Jacob did not know until the next day. Now, we got to stop right there. Because how do you not know who you laying down with? Were you that intoxicated from the wedding night that you didn't realize that you didn't have the woman that you want? Stay there because I'm going to go back there. So now you reap what you sow. Jacob deceived his father under the instruction of his mother and tricked his brother twice out of his birthright. Again, karma. The world calls it karma. The word of God says you reap what you sow. So now he put bad things out there. He got it back. But he got it back in a way that God was still going to use it for his good and his glory regardless to how it started out there was going to be some good that was going to come out of this and i'm gonna get to there so jacob agreed to work another seven years so now he didn't already work seven for rachel but he didn't get rachel he got leah because the, the father had a hidden agenda their dad so now can you imagine what that must have been like for Leah to know that this man didn't even want her, but she was given to him because it would have looked some kind of way if the younger sister had been married off before the older sister. Y'all, that in itself is crazy. The fact that the daddy used the scenario because he had a hidden agenda that he used his children his daughters so now this starts a whole civil rivalry and takes it to a whole nother level at this point right so now he ended up with both sisters actually so how could the father use his daughters in the capacity that capacity for free labor that was his hidden agenda. He knew what Jacob was worth, but he didn't care about his kids. I don't know if you know women like that. I know people who honestly should not have children. And that's real talk. Just because I gave birth don't make me a mother. It's a lot of things that come into that. And I can't even imagine your father, the man who is supposed to be the first man that loves you, that, that affirms who you are, that validates everything about you, but he used you because he had a hidden agenda. But let me keep on going. So now as a mother, I have always told my kids, I will not lie for you. And I'm not going to hell for either of you. 
There are mothers out here that will do whatever for their kids because they do not trust God or his timing and they're not willing to wait. I've always told my kids, you get out there and you do something foolish, guess what? Don't call me. You get arrested and you go to jail, don't, don't call me. I'm not putting no money on your books. I'm not coming to get you out. None of that. Why? Because if you did it knowing what the consequence was going to be behind it, why should I come and basically help you out of that mess that you put yourself in? Now, if you did the right thing, you just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And of course I'm coming. That's my kid. But I'm not going to lie for you and I'm not going to hell for you either. Like I said, I do good to just get myself where I need to be at, truthfully speaking. So now my kids are actually grown. My daughter will be 34 in December and my son will be 30 in February. He has a daughter that will be two in December and she has a son that will be 13 in October. And I am not lying for any of them. Don't ask me to. And don't put me in the middle of nothing where it would, first of all, cause me to feel like I need to pick. Because you have to know that I'm going to pick for what's right. And if you're on the side of what's wrong, then that's the side that you're going to stay on. Anyway, disobedience does not, dis does not derail God's plan for your life, but it could affect how you end up experiencing it. So just because you get off track doesn't mean that God won't still use it. So even while you're off track, he'll still use you while you're off track. And then when you get back on track and head in the direction that you're supposed to be going in, then you where you're supposed to be at. The good thing about God is, is that he already knows us. He knows what we're going to do before we do it, right? So... Nothing catches him off guard. It might catch us off guard, but it don't catch him off guard, right? So now Jacob did not love Leah, but was willing to lay with her. <laughs> I told y'all a story a couple weeks back about the guy that I was involved with that I knew was married. And we had been together for a very long time. This man was willing to continue to lay with me, but he didn't want to go to church with me. Jacob was willing to lay with Leah, but he didn't love her. And granted, you ain't got to love somebody to, to have sex with them. Because plenty of us have did that too. One night stands. Friends with benefits. Smash and hit it. Quit it. One time. Whatever. Or whenever you feel in the mood whatever right so you but you didn't have to be in love with them to do it so now he didn't love leah he loved rachel so now this sparks the issues within the family because everyone knew he loved rachel more than leah so their father used this to his advantage over jacob he used the fact that jacob loved rachel more than he loved leah because he had a hidden agenda and he didn't even think about his kids he didn't think about his family and nobody ever talks about their mom right so back then you know the women didn't really have too much say so over how things went right so i can't even imagine what she must have felt like sitting there watching their dad do what he was doing and she had to go along with it because he's the man of the house. How many times have you had to go along with stuff based off of the situation or the circumstances that you were in in that moment? Anyway, let me keep on going. So this took sibling rivalry to a whole other level and it sparked the worst case of sibling rivalry between two sisters. Jacob was selfish and did not care about how either of them felt. So now he had his own agenda because Rachel was really the one he wanted, but he wound up with two women, even though he only wanted the one. 
And because of his own hidden agenda, he sat back and watched these two women. Ladies, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you was caught up between a, a man, there's another woman involved, and he's in the middle, and he's sitting back and watching. Y'all, when I was younger, I had dated one of the most attractive guys in high school girls was really fighting over him and i was just like whoa i'm not fighting over no man and definitely not today at 51 what do i look like going at it with another woman about a man but there are women who do and truth be told, that situation where I was involved with a man that I shouldn't have been involved with, you know, I was a side chick, right? I had, I would have been out of line to even been in confrontation with his wife because I had no business being in that situation in the first place. Anyway, let me go on. So now, there was zero years that he worked for Leah and 14 years he worked for Rachel. No one wants to be a backup choice for anyone. So when the enemy tries to keep you bound and God wants you free, have you ever felt like you was not even a choice and only became an option when the person did not get what they really wanted? That's why I always say men, women, if you have a preference, go get your preference. Stop wasting time, other folks' time. Ladies, know your worth. You are more valuable than that. I'm sorry. It's difficult when a person doesn't make you a priority, but they want you to be a priority for you. And when they're not a priority for you, then there's a problem. And I've been in situations like that too many times. Matter of fact, somebody that re as recent in the last couple years, you know, make time to make sure that, you know, you did what your mom needs you to do, your son. Every time you turn around, me and my son going to eat, but you ain't never got no time for me. Oh, I got what was left. You was either tired, so I only got a couple minutes conversation or a few minutes via text. Not the very best part of you, but the least part of you. Whatever you had left after you gave everybody else that. And if we're being honest, we've been there. We've done that. Some of us are still doing it truth be told I just refuse to do it right because at the end of the day I'm worth more than that and I don't need you to validate who I am and I'm not going to settle for less than what I deserve so if I'm not a priority for you you definitely won't be a priority for me okay that's the first thing and then the second thing who wants to be a backup choice so you didn't get what you wanted. So you just settle for what was left or you was the choice after the choice. Anyway, let me keep on going. So the things we are willing to do, even though we know they would not have given you a second look if it had worked out the way they wanted. So who have you done that to? Okay, I got to tell y'all the story, right? So not only have I had that done to me, but I've done that to somebody. Yeah, I'm telling y'all my business yet. Once again, I'm opening this, this door up. So now let me tell you about, I won't mention his name. Let's just say that when I was in high school, met this guy, nice looking guy. He wasn't bad looking at all. He was kind of like... Most would say 
nerdy. He's very smart. He's attractive. Um, but I was caught up with my kid's father at the time. And my kid's father was out cheating with his ex and whoever else he wanted to be out with. And so I met this other guy, right? And he liked me a lot. He used to come down to my grandmother's house. Everybody knew him. You know, everybody in my family knew him. And everybody liked him. And we were really good friends. And I knew he was interested in me. But I just didn't see him the same way he saw me because I was interested in my kids. So he wasn't my first choice. My kid's father was my first choice, even though that was the one that was taking me through all kinds of changes, y'all. But I chose him over the other guy. And so what happened with that was, long story short, we never wound up together, okay? He was the one that got away. So while you're busy focusing in, on the thing that's not right because you think it's right, but it really isn't. And the thing that is right and could be the best thing for you, you miss it. And so luckily for me, I don't know what his life was like from that point up until a certain point, but it was difficult for him because it hurt him. It hurt him because I told him that he was not my type. Really, that wasn't the truth. See how that lie come into play? The truth was, was that I was pregnant by my kid's father and I had, didn't have the heart to tell him that I was pregnant because I didn't want to hurt him. So I missed out on a potential blessing for something, for someone else who took me through a lot over the years. And then two kids later, we still never married. We never, you know, we was together for about six years. And it was six years rough. Why? Because we both were young at that time. And this guy was actually a few years older than me. Because um, I was just a senior in high school when, when we met, basically. So I was like 17, wasn't even 18 yet. And he probably was, he already graduated from high school and had a good job and everything, right? But just to show you how, when you will lie to cover. So I potentially caused a lot more damage by saying you are not worth my time. You're not my time. Because I was covering a lie. Because I didn't want to hurt him. But that hurt him even all the more. And so even to this day, you know, we kind of laugh about things because we're still very good friends, actually. And we laugh about it now, but it wasn't funny back then for him because I hurt him probably worse than most, right? And I had to ask for forgiveness. I had to ask him for forgiveness and I had to ask myself for forgiveness for that because the potential was always there looking somewhere else. Anyway, let me go on. So now Leah felt unloved. God opened her womb and Rachel was barren. Now, you know, back in the day, if you couldn't have kids, you know, you the talk of the town, I don't care how pretty you was, but if you couldn't give, you couldn't have kids in a day, oh, you was talked about. But because God saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb up, right? So now, when pretty doesn't get you very far or what you want in that moment, you can have everything and still not be enough. Been there, done that. And I said initially in the beginning of this, the opening, I felt like this my entire life pretty but still not be enough pretty isn't always gonna get you what you want clearly so now what happens when you're faced with having a child just to keep him or you think it will make him love you and stay with you 
See, that's what I thought when I got pregnant with my kid, that it was going to be enough for him to stay. It wasn't because he still cheated lots of times. And I caught him a lot and still stayed with him because of the love that I had for him. Not to mention them timelines that I talked about earlier. I always thought that whoever I had kids with, that's who I was going to be married to and everything. So now, two kids later, we still got together. So having children is not going to be the thing that will keep him, ladies. Because if he wants to leave, he going to leave. If there's something else he wants to do, he going to do it. With or without the kids. But anyway, so the significance of Leah's children with Jacob was two of the 12 tribes came from Leah. Levi, which is the priestly tribe, and Judah, the royal tribe. That's the tribe that Jesus, the lineage that Jesus was born into. So now Leah is the less desired sister who was neglected and despised. But Leah looked, Leah learned to look to the Lord and praise him. So now God used the one that was less attractive to be the lineage for the, for Christ who came and died for us. And that's just how he works. He will use the total opposite of what the world may think for his purpose and his plan. So even though Jacob thought he was doing something, God still had a plan. And it was going to come to pass regardless to how this played out, right? So now, on the other hand, so now, Rachel took matters in her own hand. Who does it sound like? Sarah. Because Sarah had two sons by way of her maid. Rachel did the exact same thing because she couldn't have kids. She took matters in her own hand. Now, could you imagine what sibling rivalry looked like now at this point? Because Leah can have kids, but Rachel can't. And Leah's probably taunting her, saying, hi, he might love you, but you can't even give him what he wants. I can. This is my modern day version of this. So just flow with me a little bit. So now could you imagine what Rachel might have felt like at this point? I'm pretty. He done worked all these years for me. Who does she think she is? He didn't even do nothing for her. But she couldn't have kids. <laughs> Just goes to show you that it will take more than being pretty. It was not enough because she was unhappy. She envied her sister. Was vain and conceited. She knew Jacob worked without pay for her and knew he would not have done the same thing for Leah. Sometimes we can be comfortable that we become arrogant. That's not a good thing or in a good way. It is nothing like when God has to humble you. See, now, back in the day, I had a preference. So if you didn't look a certain way, if you didn't dress a certain way, you better have a car because... I had keys to every car in the driveway and I dressed to the hill. Not to mention, I was 36, 23, 36. And you couldn't tell me that I wasn't fine. I knew it. But could you just imagine how empty I actually was? So it didn't make a difference that all this was together out here. There wasn't nothing in here, nothing up here. So Rachel was conceited. She was arrogant. She was vain. But she envied her sister. And I'm not going to say that I have envied my sister. Um, but I will say that 
like I said, growing up, I always felt like I had to do more to be noticed by my mom. And sometimes we can do more and it not be a good more, get that notice, but not in a good way. And so I did different things a different way. You know, we're like night and day. She's a nicer version of me. I tell people that all the time. You get what you get with me. I deal with reality. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing for you. I'm going I'm to give it to you just the way I see it. She, on the other hand, she's probably going to rationalize it and everything else. I'm not doing that. I'm just not going to. And so now you have jealousy brewing. So jealousy and envy operate together. You're not going to see one and not see the other. The fact that Rachel felt like she had to take things in her own hands, she wasn't mature. She still had to grow in some areas because she got the big head like most of us get when we think we got it going on like that. There was plenty of times that I felt like I had it going on and you couldn't tell me any different and you weren't going to make me believe that. And so now you have a lot of people who I have met, they see pictures of what I used to look like and, you know, they just be smitten with, but I was very shallow. I mean, I was mature, but I still had a lot more maturing to go. And truthfully speaking, wasn't no earthly good for anybody. I thought I was until COVID. And then I had to sit with me and realize, oh, yeah, girl, you you ain't as pretty as you thought you was. So, again, jealousy, envy, arrogance, all kind of different things going on based off of this competition. And it was started by the dad. The dad started, he had a hand in that. But anyway, let me keep on going. So now, this started the competition between the two sisters, and Jacob did nothing to stop it. Who are you in competition with? I have found that I'm not really in competition with my sister. I've really been in competition with myself all this time. I would like to think that in today's time, if Rachel was going to be honest, she was more in competition with herself than Leah and vice versa. Right? But just the sibling rivalry, just on a whole nother level. Right? Because these are sisters. And... I just couldn't imagine what that might have been like, right? So now if we looked at modern day times, Leah would have been the one that would have been bullied probably in school. And Rachel would have been with the popular people. I'm just saying. So now both sisters took their focus off God and became so distracted with trying to keep the attention of Jacob. So now when you really think about that, they thought that for selfish reasons, Leah had her reason and Rachel had her reason for trying to keep Jacob's attention. So now, what do you do when we become so distracted by what's in front of us that it causes us to lose sight of what truly matters? See, the, their relationship as sisters, siblings, should have been the most important factor in that. How could it be when your parent is at the root cause of the dysfunction and everybody is just playing a part in this? Everybody's just playing a part in this. Rachel played her part. Leah played her part in this. And it's no different than us today, right? And like I said, I, me and my mother have a better relationship today than we did back then. But I think in some retrospect, unconsciously, not really knowing that I felt that way about how she treated us, 
it started some things within me. And so, and it was not a fair thing because my sister never really knew that I felt like I was in her shadow, even though she was the younger sibling. That wasn't her fault. She didn't do it. She didn't do that. But then I had a role and a part in how my mom handled me because I did some things that no kid should ever put their mom through, right? That doesn't justify it, but I did have a part in that too. But anyway, let me move on. So the two sisters began to use their children as pawns. Uh-oh, history repeating itself all over again. So that you, you see what I mean? How the generation before them did it and the generation before that did it. And then the generation that they're currently in did it. Their dad did it. So now they're doing it. How many times have, it, ladies, if we're going to be honest, if you're a mom, how many times have you used your children or your child as a pawn? To get something that you wanted from the dad. Your baby daddy. I have two kids. They're totally different. That girl. My firstborn. Love her to life. But she put me through the ringer. You reap what you sow. Just put that back into play. Some things was warranted. And some things weren't. And so I had to parent them differently because they weren't the same kids. Leah and Rachel weren't the same. And they should have been not put in a position like that. So a lot of times I know my daughter had probably felt like I love my son more than I love her. And that's not the, that's so far from the truth. It couldn't be any more truer. But I had to parent them differently because they were two different kids. I couldn't penalize him for the things that she was doing because that's what she did. And I had to handle her a certain way. Did I have different levels of expectation for her? Of course I did, because she was the oldest. Just as I'm the oldest. So there was a level of expectation put on me at a very young age. The only difference was, was that I didn't put those stipulations on my kids. I wanted them to go to school, get their education, and I would take care of the rest. I wanted them to grow up in the appropriate stages. I had to become an adult before I was ever an adult. So I was doing things as a kid that no kid should have to do, that adults are responsible for doing. That's a whole nother topic, but you got to get my book to hear about that part, right? So anyway, parents, Their dad started this dysfunction and they followed suit because of what they were subjected to. But anyway, let me move on. Leah no longer had peace. The praise that Judah brought. Now, for the record, y'all go back and read Genesis 29 through 31. Look up what each of the child, the kids' names meant. So the 12 tribes of Israel came from Leah and Rachel between the two of them. That's where the 12 tribes were birthed out of Leah and Rachel. Right. Um, but look up what their names meant because they, each one of their names meant something. And I believe that those names represented where they were in that moment of their life. So we give labels and titles to things wherever we are in our life in that moment. And I just believe that that's exactly what they did, right? So now, Rachel still had a lot of maturing to do. God will show us the things in someone else that will irritate us because we need to grow in that area. So now, growing up, feeling like I was in my sister's shadow. I'm going to use that and bring it forward to today. A lot of times, God will use things 
in our life that are not good. And he's trying to let us see that they're not good. So he'll bring people around us or he'll use situations to show us that that's you too. And I'm going to get this out of you. And sometimes we fail that test a lot of times before we get it. But then we get it. But he will use the very things in someone else to show you you. And it'd be the things that irritate you to the utmost. But how irritating have you been to somebody? If you really think about it. Anyway, let me go on. So each one of those kids represented something about each one of the sisters and where they were in their relationship with God. Rachel may have been the pretty one, but she experienced just as many issues as Leah. That's how I can relate. Just because I'm attractive doesn't mean that I still don't feel like I'm not enough and wonder some days will I ever be enough? And how come I don't have? So we can become jealous of em and envious of other people. Social media is a big factor in a lot of that. It don't have to be your siblings that you become jealous of. But social media plays a part in that too. We see these folks who portraying their like they living their best life, that they got everything under the in the bag and everything is well and you know they living their best life, they fine. That doesn't necessarily represent it. That don't mean it's true. People are hiding behind social media. So they're showing you what they want you to see and it's easy to become jealous and envious of something that you see because you think you're supposed to have it and you're wondering why you don't have it yet i told my friend just about an hour ago actually that that's the only part of my life that is missing i want to be in a relationship I feel and believe that I'm ready for a relationship and I'm just waiting my turn. But I am tired of waiting. Too. And that's how I've ended up in different scenarios and situations because taking it in my own hands and not trusting and not waiting. And I just refuse to go down that rabbit hole again. And I realize there are certain things that factors in that as well. So if I don't make myself available to meet people, how do I expect to meet somebody? I'm a homebody, y'all. And I'm comfortable being at home. And somebody said, well, Robin, would you expect a man to drop out the sky? Well, he could be the UPS man delivering my package. The Amazon. I don't know. I'm just making jokes, right? But it's the truth. Because you don't have no say-so of when and where you meet somebody. It can happen anywhere, right? And so in this, we just have to find a place within ourselves that until God does what it is that we are desiring in our hearts, he needs to be the prime focus. He needs to be enough until he provides whatever that is that we have petitioned and desired in our heart for. That's the only way that I can really sum that up for you is Rachel and Leah. There has to be the all time ultimate sibling, sibling rivalry. And there was one man in the center of all of this. And that was based off of the fact that he loved one. And I don't know if he ever grew to love Leah. She hoped that he did by doing, by having sons. And she hoped that he would love her and he would want to be with her. But his heart was with Rachel. And a lot of times we want what we want 
but where's your heart at? So this was a heart issue as well. And a lot of times we get caught up not being at our full potential. Why? Because we don't want to wait. But anyway, so sometimes we will compromise our standards or ourselves for the sake of something or someone at the risk of losing ourselves with God and our relationship. That can come into question, but God doesn't change his mind about you. You can cause the process to be extended by allowing yourself to not be focused or allowing distractions. So just because you get off track and off focus, it doesn't mean he changes mind. So whatever he said before you ever enter into the world, that's what's going to come to pass. No matter how long it takes you to get there. If you're willing. Because it's our job to pursue him about our purpose and his plan for our life. He's already pursued us. And he continues to pursue us daily. But it's our job to sit with him to find out what it is he wants us to do. So he doesn't change his mind because you get off track or I get off track. I'm not focused and I'm distracted. Whatever he has purposed and planned for me, it's still going to come to pass and I'm still going to do it no matter how long it takes me to do it. Whether it's today or whether it's 10 years from now, it's still going to come to pass because his word is not going to return unto him void. And so anything he sent out there about me, it's not going back to him void. It's going to come to pass because that's who he is. He is his word. And so, ladies, gentlemen, thank you, you know, for taking the time to join me tonight. And like I said, this has to be one of the biggest stories ever in the book, right? Of sibling rivalry at the hands of generational curses. Generations. A generation repeating itself because of other generations. Y'all, it's time out for that. Just because grandmama and them went through that don't mean that you have to go through it. We should be the standard. And for me, it's a, it's a lot because I'm the oldest grandkid and there's so many up under me. And I have to be a good example for all of those that are up under me. Talk about pressure. It is. It's a lot. But I'm thankful and grateful that I can be an example. So I do my best to try to live it out and walk it out in front of those that are coming up behind me. Why? Because that's a part of my purpose. And his plan for my life. And so, you know, as I come to an end here, um, I got some updates. But before I give you the updates, let me close out with prayer really quickly. Gracious and Heavenly Father, I just come before you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for this time, Father God. Thank you for the platform, Father God. Thank you for those that joined me tonight. Now, I touch and agree with them right now in the natural and the spirit, Father God, that whatever your purpose and your plan is for them, Father God, that it will come to pass and your word will not return unto you void concerning them, Father God. Now, I ask that you have your way, Father God, not just today, but every day moving forward, that they will have a yes in their spirit and that they will come into agreement and alignment with what you have planned for each and every one of them and that they will give you the honor, the glory and the praise and they will magnify you because you are truly worthy of our worship and our praise. It's in the name of your son, I pray. Amen. Again, thank you for joining me. If you have not had an opportunity my book is on Amazon, Broken, To Be or Not To Be. That is the question. Go get it. So now, before I close out, let me give you some updates. So the update is, is that this is the last podcast until September. I am taking a break 
July and August, um, working on some other projects. So be on the lookout for um, some other things that I'm doing um, that I've been called to. I just need a moment. And so I'm going to come back refreshed with great interviewees and interviews and good topics when I come back in September. Um, it's going to be my third year anniversary doing the podcast. So I'm excited about what is going to happen when I come back. Also, um, I'm going to work on building my audience. So if you have not had an opportunity to follow me on my platforms, please, 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 please go to IG, which you're on here. Of course, you can follow me on Podbean as well. Um, I got a website that's going to be coming out, T-shirts and different things going to be coming out. So um, just a heads up. This is the last one until September, but I'm excited to see what God is going to do through me and with me over the next couple months. So just follow me on my platforms. And again, thank you for taking the time to join me. Be blessed. Now I'm gonna leave you with my favorite scripture. Y'all, I misquote, how do you misquote your favorite scripture? So my favorite scripture is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Be blessed and have a great evening. See you guys in September.